We're so glad you're here with us today. If you'd open your Bibles, if you haven't already, to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, our one key verse for today, we'll focus on Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. And if you don't have a copy of God's Word, there should be a Bible on the pew back in front of you or on your smartphone or tablet. Of course, you can go to the Version Bible app and uh, find any scripture in any version you want. And if you want to, under the events, you can follow live with the sermon and complete with all the notes. Jeff Foxworthy became famous with his You Might Be a Redneck If. Now, I am not Jeff Foxworthy. I don't have that lustrous hair, that bushy mustache, the uh, blue jeans, or the boots. So I know you're not going to expect too much out of me, but a couple of Foxworthy's noteworthy, you might be a redneck if. He said, if you own a home that is mobile and 14 cars that are not, you might be a redneck. If you refer to fifth grade as my senior year, you might be a redneck. If the UFO hotline limits you to just one call per day, you might be a redneck. If you've ever cut your grass and found a car, you might be a redneck. If you've ever made change from the offering plate, you might be a redneck. Foxworthy's you might be a redneck are funny, but what I'm going to tell you about next is not necessarily so funny. You might be bitter. If you often replay the incident that hurt you, you might be bitter. Uh, If you have to try hard not to think about that person regularly, you might be bitter. If you think of that particular person or that situation and you still feel angry, you might be bitter. If you have a desire to see that person pay for what they did to you, you might be bitter. If deep in your heart, you really wouldn't mind if something bad happened to that person, you might be better. Maybe if they could get hurt just a little bit, right? If you often find yourself telling others about this person and how they hurt you, you might be bitter. Nowadays, we can do that in all sorts of ways, even vague booking, where you put details in a broad way on Facebook so folks will be like, oh, what happened to you? You might be bitter. Josh McDowell says we live in a culture overrun with stored up grudges, resentments, bitterness, and an unforgiving hearts. Friends, bitterness is everywhere. Not unlike COVID that we see that causes us to get vaccines or wear a mask or all the mandates and all those other things. Bitterness and unforgiveness are diseases of our culture. And that's why we would take it up now. So our scripture memory verse for the month here says, see to it, actually not our scripture memory verse for the month, excuse me, this is our verse for today. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That's NIV, but listen to what it says in the CSB. It says, make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. In the ESV, the English Standard Version, it says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that 
no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. And even the NLT, it says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. We can put up the title slide now, and you see that, the title slide about bitter roots. Andrea Cogley did our graphic design for us, and yeah, there's not a root on there or a tree, but I think it's symbolic nonetheless, that right between the bitter and the root is where the break happened, and then the shards go out from there. Bitterness is part of our culture, and bitterness is something we need to address, and therefore we're going to take it up today and the next three Sundays following. Let's pray together. God, our Father, we come before you, and when we confront a subject like this that is not nice, it's not easy, and we may struggle with, and we don't even really want to admit it or hear about it on a Sunday morning, we have to honestly admit that it is real for us. And that maybe due to some hurt that someone has offended us or sinned against us, we feel that we have a right to be bitter. Yet we have to be confronted with what Scripture says. That we understand your grace. That we don't let bitterness take root. Because it will cause trouble to us and defile many others in addition to us. So God, as we consider this topic today and these following weeks, would you speak to us? Would we be humble before you, broken, repentant, confessing? And would you set us free in the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. And everybody says, Amen. The Greek word for bitter literally means to cut or to prick. You think about when you taste something bitter, and it does have that cutting or pricking kind of feel on your tongue. But when we talk about it this way, of course, we're talking about it's something as an emotion, as something that we experience, and it can be internal, it can be self-inflicted, and it can also cause hurt and cut and prick others by the way that we haven't dealt with our own bitterness. There are a couple major points on your outline today, and the first one is this, that bitterness is, bitterness is, and we'll define bitterness really quickly, bitterness is a poison, poison, denying peace and destroying relationships. You might be sitting there going, well, Pastor Aaron, that sounds pretty strong. It's a poison. Well, that's how the Bible refers to it, that it denies peace. It absolutely does. And maybe you don't struggle with bitterness. Therefore, you don't think or you do think this is too strong a statement and it destroys relationships. Charles Stanley says this, he says, bitterness often lies beneath our inability to forgive and be forgiven. It is a corrosive culprit that denies our peace and destroys our relationship. So yeah, I got my point from Stanley's definition. Bitterness is contained inside of a vessel and not unlike acid that seeks to decay the vessel and break out from the inside. That's what bitterness is like when it's in our souls, when we haven't forgiven others and we haven't dealt with our unforgiveness, our anger, our grudges and resentment and all the things related to bitterness. It eats us up from the inside out. 
And you can't have true, complete peace in your life with bitterness. The second thing we'll say about bitterness is that bitterness is the result of unforgiveness. It's a wrong response to an offense. Bitterness is the result of unforgiveness. Because what happens is someone sins against us. Someone offends us. And we're going to look more in the next point at where bitterness comes from. But because we don't deal with it properly then, that we don't forgive them, that unforgiveness, the seed, becomes the root of bitterness and begins to grow. Actually, I should go that way if I'm making a root, right? And then that plant grows up from there. And all the things that come from that root of bitterness, that seed of unforgiveness, can be ugly and destructive. And as we said in our first point, deny us peace and destroy relationships in our lives. Unforgiveness is a process. We get hurt or offended. We become confused because we think, why would that person do that to me? Or why would God allow this to happen to me? As if everything's supposed to be right and just and perfect all the time. We live in a broken, fallen world, friends. If you expect people to always treat you kindly and lovingly, if you expect things always to go your way, please refer to Scripture. Rain falls on the just and the unjust. In other words, good things and bad things are going to happen to you whether you're a good person or a bad person. That's the way life is. God allows those things to happen. That process of unforgiveness goes on beyond confusion when we seek to avoid the pain. It's natural for us as humans not to like pain, and we seek to avoid pain, and sometimes our pain avoidance mechanisms in bitterness come out in all sorts of ugly ways. We deny the pain, but we can't always deny it, and we see it coming out in what we say and how we think and how we feel about ourselves, about others, or about other situations, and we become defeated. Regardless of how well you think you've dealt with bitterness and unforgiveness, if you haven't taken the right response to the offense, forgiving, bitterness is going to grow within you. It's not unlike when you have a yeast or an activating agent and you put everything in there and it begins to grow and bubble and then your dough is like, whoa, this is crazy. Or... That root analogy, when you plant a seed in the ground, in the right conditions, the roots go down and then the uh, tree, bush, plant begins to come up. If we don't deal with it with the right response, we're going to have problems. And so we become discouraged because we realize we've got bitterness in our life. We see in our lives all these things that are coming as a result of bitterness and we've got a choice to make. We can let bitterness and anger and fear and resentment from that unforgiveness continue to grow and not deal with it, or we can turn to the truth. We can turn to God's Word and what God says about our hearts, what God says about forgiveness, what God says about love and grace and mercy. And if we do, and if we take responsibility, and if we confess our unforgiveness and bitterness and everything related to it, and we'll be free or not. Nancy Lee DeMoss says this, that whatever sin's been committed against you, the choice not to forgive is a serious sin itself. I didn't hear any amens there, but 
She's telling the truth. Whatever sin anybody has done against you, your choice not to forgive them is a sin in and of itself. In fact, failing to forgive can bring about more problems because of everything that comes from that root of bitterness. Our scripture verse says that we're to see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause evil and defile many. Remember what I said that in the NLT, it says, look after each other so that. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Roots have to be planted. Excuse me, seeds have to be planted and roots come from there. And what's the root of bitterness? It's hurt, it's pain, harboring unforgiveness, planting that root. When your heart's wounded, it experiences powerful emotions. And if it's repeatedly wounded, it can get even more powerful and even worse. But not unlike a plant, if you give it the right conditions, feed it the right things, it will grow. Let's move on to the second major point on your outline, where bitterness comes from. Bitterness comes from a variety of places. The first place bitterness might come from is broken promises. Broken promises, you still remember who, what, and when, a boss to an employee, your parent to you, your spouse to you, even a child to you. One of your children said, oh yeah, I'll do that, and they broke their word or their promise to you. And obviously that's worse if it happens repeatedly. The second place bitterness can come from is broken confidences. If a confidence is betrayed, how do you respond? A third place brokenness might come from or bitterness might come from is personal rejection. There was somebody that you believed you had a healthy relationship with and you may have at one time, but something happened in your life to cause a break. Some sin got in there and then some unforgiveness and some bitterness and all those things that grow from bitterness and you've been rejected verbally, emotionally, relationally. They speak poorly of you and you want to speak poorly of them. They let you down. You wanted to let them down. They've denied you. You're going to deny them. They've ignored you. You're going to ignore them. They've turned against you. You're surely turning against them. Bitterness comes from personal rejection. The fourth place bitterness comes from is abuse. It could be mild, passive-aggressive abuse. It could be outright, evil, sinful, hateful, destructive abuse. It's verbal or physical or even sexual. If you've been abused like that, it's so hard to overcome that, over forgive and get past uh, bitterness and all the other things that go away with it. You may be enduring emotional scars and physical scars. And you can't avoid it. You can't ignore it. But God loves you and he will help you come to healing. He will help you come to forgiveness and get past everything, no matter what, no matter who, no matter how long. There's freedom. A fifth place that bitterness comes from is sins against us or others. Of course, abuse and the type that I was talking about is a sin. But when somebody sins against us, and that includes all kinds of things that we've mentioned above, but anything else I haven't left out, that's why I put it there as the fifth one. The sixth one is unfulfilled expectations. That one may seem like, wow, that's not too bad compared to the other things on the list, but no. 
If you had your heart set on something, if you were looking forward to something, these broken promises from others, these unmet expectations, even in our relationship with God, when we've prayed and we've asked God and we believed He said yes, and then it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen, or if worse, it gets worse. All these things can turn to bitterness. And we're helpless in our situation. We hold God or we hold the other person responsible for the fact that things didn't happen. And that unforgiveness grows to bitterness. And we've got problems. Bitterness is never constructive. Bitterness is always destructive. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That phrase there, see to it, in our scripture verse for today, literally means to be diligent, to have oversight, don't miss it, to pay attention. This is to look carefully and thoughtfully that you might remember and see to it that what? No one falls short of the grace of God. So in your own life, as you look in the mirror, that you don't fall short of the grace of God, but in the lives of others, it's saying to us, yes, we are our brother and our sister's keepers, that we're to look out not only for our own unforgiveness and bitterness, but for the unforgiveness and bitterness of people we are in relationship with, especially other Christ followers. If you talk this way to somebody who's not a believer in Jesus, they might get mad at you, and then they might be unforgiving and bitter towards you. But with people in this room and other people you know that are believers in Jesus, we have a responsibility to talk to them about this. So let's move on to our third major point that bitterness is recognized by. You may think your bitterness doesn't show, but just like your skin color, it shows. Just like the color of your eyes, just like the features of your face, it shows. And here... A list of 18, and frankly, I could have done more, but this list of 18, the first place bitterness is recognized by is your doubts. In your relationship with that person, their love for you, respect for us, or even worse, if we've suffered terribly at the hands of someone else or at situations or at life in general, we might doubt our relationship with God. And there are times when even though we know or we believe we've been saved and we trusted Jesus as our Savior and we walked with Christ in the past, that now because things have happened in our life, we doubt our relationship with God. Doubt is a way that bitterness is recognized. The second way is impatience. Patience is all about perspective. It's about trusting God. It's about trusting His timing. I need to say that again. Patience is all about perspective. Impatience is demonstrated because we lose a biblical perspective and trust in God, trust in His love, trust in His sovereignty. And it tempts us to unbiblical, even sinful ways of self-deliverance from trials rather than trusting God to carry us through in His timing. The third one is sarcasm. Yeah, your sarcasm can demonstrate bitterness. Maybe not all the time, but many of the times. That ironic intonations, the snide remarks, the mean-spirited jokes, the name-calling, the caustic comments, the scornful replies, all that, frankly, comes from a resentful heart, and that resentment could be from unforgiveness and bitterness. Condescension. I can be pretty good at this at times speak down to others as if they're an inferior and in my tone infer something about the way I feel about myself or my opinion versus them and their opinion. 
And if I've done it to you and I didn't ask your forgiveness, please tell me because I need to. But I know it comes out sometimes and it's my frustration and my sinfulness. And maybe you have that as well. The next one's depression. Because you're a good natured person and you know right from wrong and you desire to follow God's word. But if you allow unforgiveness to become a seed and it's in the right conditions and it becomes a bitter root and it begins to grow, then you begin to feel guilty for that. And then the devil uses that false guilt about you, uh, from you and saying, oh, God wouldn't forgive you for that or you've done it before. And you become depressed. It's real. It happens. The next one is criticism. Bitterness shows itself or is recognized by criticism. You're critical, you're condemning, you have a judgmental attitude or actions, and it shows. The seventh one is suspicion. Broken relationships often lead to suspicion of motives. We don't trust the other person. We don't trust why they're doing what they're doing. We find ourselves second-guessing them. It may demonstrate bitterness. The next one is distrust. Beyond suspicion, flat-out distrust. We prove, they've proven themselves untrustworthy. We haven't forgiven them. We harbor bitterness. We know we can't trust them. But maybe a general distrust of others. Psalm 73, 21, and 22 basically tells us that bitterness makes us dumb. It says, when my thoughts were bitter and my feelings were hurt, I was as stupid as an animal. You don't have the ability to think like God intended you to think because bitterness has got a hold of you and that distrust and other things are eating you up. The ninth one is control. Bitterness may be recognized by control. Your desire to avoid those negative uh, uh, happenings by controlling the situation or at least controlling or manipulating, domineering, dictatorial, tyrannical, even abusive behavior at its worst, control. The tenth one there is disrespect. My bitterness towards a person will eventually work its way out and I will probably be disrespectful to that person or anyone who reminds me of that person or makes me feel like that person. The 11th one is rebellion. Rebellion, even worse, it's an interpersonal rebellion never occurs apart from bitterness. There's those seeds of hurt that grow and as they come above ground, there's a stubbornness and it's related to all sorts of sin. The next one, you're blank there, is intolerance. Bitterness is recognized by intolerance. This may be a a non-sinful behavior, like a habit of somebody, but you get so unforgiving and so bitter towards them or towards that sort of thing that there's a negative, judging, unkind, critical, mean-spirited intolerance about you. The next one on the screen there is hypersensitivity. You overreact about everything. Small things become giant. You freak out. You exaggerate. You speak in hyperbole. Oh, it's the end of the world. No, it's not. Get over yourself. Come on. The 14th one is anger. Bitterness is definitely recognized by anger. It's an emotional overreaction. Everything, anything can become an explosion when we have unforgiveness, when we have bitterness. The 15th one there, that blank is conflicts. Obviously, if you've got all this other stuff talking about, you're going to have conflict. Trying to resolve conflict with someone you are unwilling to forgive is like trying to build a skyscraper without a solid foundation. You have got to forgive if you're going to deal with conflict. Vengeance is the 16th one. These backbiting comments uh, behind the back, their spiteful remarks to their face, even leading to physical altercations or plotting against them some harm or some sin. 
But what does the Bible tell us? Romans 12, 14, it says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. Yet, we want to get vengeance. The 15th one, actually it's not 15, the 17th, it's unforgiveness. Of course, this one makes the list almost by any definition. Bitterness and unforgiveness are related. The final one there for your blank is withdrawal. You're not a mean-spirited person, and even though these things may be in your mind and in your heart, you're not going to project them out on others, so you withdraw. But that withdrawal may demonstrate to you that you've got some unresolved bitterness. If you find yourself wanting to give someone the silent treatment, the cold shoulder, probably demonstrates that you're still vindictive towards them. You're basically saying, you hurt me. I haven't forgiven you, therefore I don't want anything to do with you. You may be in my family, I don't care. You may be in my church, doesn't matter. You may be a believer at Jesus I work with, not my problem. Yeah, it is your problem. What did Scripture say? That that root of bitterness can defile many. If it's hurt you so much that you're projecting that out on others, you are hurting others and you've got to do something about it. Behaviors such as these reveal pockets of resentment, unforgiveness, and bitterness. Have you got anything on that list? If you're breathing air, I bet you you got one or two or three of them, if not five or ten of them. We all struggle with unforgiveness and bitterness. That's why we're talking about it today. June Hunt says this, and June Hunt's a Bible teacher, radio personality, and Christian radios I used to listen to years ago. Because she was on the radio there in Dallas-Fort Worth area where I grew up. And June Hunt says, when we fail to deal with hurt God's way, when we harbor resentment in our hearts, that bitterness, like an infection, will fester and work its way into our system. And ultimately, we start viewing everything through the eyes of hurt. And our hearts will inevitably, or excuse me, bitterness in our hearts will inevitably find its way into our speech and tone of voice and our actions. Our scripture again says, see to it that no root of bitterness springs up. The day we trusted Jesus as our personal Savior and Lord, we gave up the right to be bitter. We gave up the right to be unforgiving. We put aside those things as we said we're going to follow Jesus. Yet in our sinfulness, we want to go back and say that it is our right because we've been sinned against, we've been offended. But bitterness is bondage. Forgiveness is freeing. Bitterness is overcome by two things. The first way bitterness is overcome is pretty simple. Forgiveness. You probably saw that one coming, didn't you? How many of you fill in your blanks ahead of time to see if you can guess what I put down there? I know there's some of you. That one you probably got, right? Bitterness is overcome by forgiveness. Bitterness is never the answer to brokenness. Forgiveness is. When you are broken, when you are hurt, when unforgiveness is growing up within you and resentment and anger and all those ugly signs are coming out of you, the answer is forgiveness. Yet forgiveness isn't always easy, is it? The second way bitterness is overcome 
and this will help you with the first one, is trusting God's sovereignty and love. Grace, excuse me. Carrying around unforgiveness is like carrying around a sack of cement all day. You weren't meant to do that. You weren't meant to carry 80 or 100 pounds up on your shoulder all day. You'd get tired. It would wear you out. You would get angry if somebody made you do that all the time. Well, that's maybe the reason you're acting like you are with your bitterness. But we've got to trust God's sovereignty that He knows us. He knows our situation. We've got to trust God's love. Which leads us to our scripture memory verse for the month. That scripture memory verse for the month reminds us about what, who God is and about what He calls us to be. Let's say that together. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Next week, we're going to talk about what biblical forgiveness is. The following week, we'll talk about how do I forgive. In our final week of this sermon series, we'll talk about what does freedom feel like. Because when you truly forgive, it's free. And if you're not motivated by three weeks from now to forgive, hopefully that sermon will put you over the edge. That we can forgive as we've been forgiven. That we can get rid of all bitterness and cast it out. Continued slavery of unforgiveness or emancipation through God's grace. That's your choice. You've got two questions to apply today. The first one asks, where does my bitterness show? As I said, you may not think it's showing, but it does. You got a whole list of ways there in your sermon outline today that maybe you went, yep, that's me, that's me, that's me. It shows. And your final application question today is what should I do about my bitterness? You must deal with bitterness and unforgiveness. The wrong belief is, if I forgive those who have wronged me, they get away with it, they need to pay for it. That's about control, it's about pride, it's sin. The right belief is, because God has forgiven me, I can release my resentment and forgive them. I can rely on Christ to help me with forgiveness. We have to deal with the fact that our unforgiveness is a sin just as much as whatever the person did to us that caused us to be unforgiving and bitter towards them. Let's pray together. God, our Father, we're challenged by what we hear here today to be called to forgiveness. And I know there are People in the sound of my voice that are thinking. But you don't know what that person did to me. You don't know how bad or how long or how often. I don't. But God, you do. And God, you desire us to forgive as we've been forgiven. So that unforgiveness and bitterness 
and all its related ugly fruit and hurts won't continue to hurt us and hurt others. So we come before you, God, and we ask that you would give us the ability by an act of our will and obedience to you right now to say, I forgive that person. I forgive myself, maybe. Or even, if we're acting like it, I forgive God because we're holding you responsible for something. So God, break us, make us humble before you that we might come to forgiveness and that we might find freedom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.